Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 66, recorded on September 14th, 2018, where John and Jason talk about the September release of Power BI Desktop and make picks for upcoming Microsoft Ignite 2018. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, John. How are you, buddy? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Sun shining, and we've got a new Power BI desktop drop. So it's that like that monthly Christmas for me. Hey, man, that's awesome. Yeah, I saw the desktop drop come in because uh, we were supposed to do a whole like, you know pre ignite show and everything, and then the desktop drop happened, and we went, well, let's throw that out the window and let's go talk about the <laughs> desktop drop before we actually get to ignite. So, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a big one too. I, if you ask me, really, it, uh, I'm looking at the list. It's it, it looks like normally there's about thirty or forty things on the list. There's only uh, I'm doing a quick quick countdown. It looks like there's seventeen. Dude, you got to click on the links. It's what they are, not how many there are. This All is right. quality, not quantity. Oh well, yeah, awesome. This dude. is there's I, some stuff here we've been waiting for for a while. This is very true. I'm I'm rather excited about several of the things in this list. Um, but man, they, like they packed the power into uh, into a smaller compact uh, you know set this time, which is nice. There's lots of great stuff that we've been anxious for, and I'm looking for forward to hearing more about what they're going to do with desktop as well here coming up at Ignite. So for those of you who were hoping to hear what we thought for Ignite, we're going to do that right at the end of the show. We've got in the show notes, we've got, we're going to have some links to our top four sessions. We think you need to go see at Ignite. We're going to hold that until after we finish talking about desktop drop today. But uh, talk to me, John, what has you excited this time around about the desktop drop? Well, there's a bunch of stuff, but of course, number one in here is something that I've been talking about now since uh, Business Application Summit back in July. Is it dot plot layout support and scatter charts? No, no, it's not the dot plot layout <laughs> and scatter charts, although I'm sure that would be a big one for a lot of people. Well, some people. No, of course, it's, it's the aggregations feature is available in preview now, and we weren't, I wasn't really expecting this this early. So it's a bit of a coup that it's shown up publicly in September. And ag- aggregations, of course, is that feature that lets us start to unlock literally trillions of rows of data right within Power BI. You can start to slice and dice uh Power BI data. I don't care what your scale is. And this is very important to me. Yeah. The blog post talks about a trillion rows from Hadoop store might take up to a quarter of petabyte, but caching the values aggregated up to a daily level might reduce that to a few gigabytes, which can be cached in memory much more easily. It's it's a totally different way of of, of pulling at the data, giving you a, a pre-cached version, and then you know when you drill start to drill in, you're actually going back and making direct queries to the the, the backend data sources. But that pre-aggregation is huge. Yeah, he said. I don't know if I've ex- ex- explained the principle behind it, and I don't. I don't. I haven't totally grokked the details of, of, of building these things. I have people far smarter than I on my team that are uh, working with it now. But uh, the basic principle is you would have a table in your Power BI data model that has aggregated data. So it's aggregated around a, a, a set of dimensions, you know, time dimensions, whatever they are. That is actually stored in memory. But the detail level of that table You've basically got a mirror version of that very same table, and that's a direct query connection back to the data source. So if the user 
the user only sees one table when they're working with the report. But if they want, if they need to get more detail that is available in the cached version of the table, they can. They they don't need to do anything. They just ask for it at the detailed level by drilling in or, or whatever the mechanism is. And then the Power BI knows to switch from getting the data out of memory to getting the data right from the data source. And, but you're all also, of course, getting a much smaller data set from that data source. That's the magic that's happening here. And it's wonderful. Yeah. So to give people a more detailed view into this particular feature, which is absolutely huge, there is actually a uh, Scott Hanselman had Christian Wade on Azure Friday. Uh, I believe it was last week, or uh, they yeah. published it this week, which meant it was last week. Yep. So uh, we're going to put that in the show notes here. Amir Nets uh, happened to have tweeted it out, and I caught it. Really good explanation in under 15 minutes with demos and whole nine yards with Christian Wade, uh, former guest of the podcast, yep. and Scott Hanselman really walking through that. So we're going to put that into the show notes as well. Yeah, I haven't watched it myself yet, but uh, knowing knowing Scott's uh, show, that'll definitely be a good one. And I know Christian's pretty excited about it because every reference, he's just retweeting the heck out of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is his baby, so that's wonderful. Very cool. So, John, I know that you can go on for hours about this particular feature, but let's uh, maybe maybe walk through some of the other features for folks. Let's finish off the analytics section. Because sure. the, the next feature here was about uh, Q&A support for low-level security. Yeah, so the, of course, Q&A is the question and answer, the natural language querying in Power BI, and that is growing. The applicability of it is uh, is going up and up and up. Uh, it's not just for dashboards anymore, right? Uh, we've got Q&A in reports in the service. That's excellent. And with this release, it works with RLS-enabled reports. So RLS, of course, is row-level security. So if you've got a report that's using the row-level security feature, which is essentially the ability to restrict who, uh, everybody can look at the same report, but I may see different data than you based on my uh, credentials. Uh, that didn't work before with uh, RLS. Now it does. Yeah, very cool stuff. You know, and we get asked questions about, uh, you know, how do you, how do you restrict data for people and make sure that things, people are only able to see the right stuff in Power BI? Well, row level security is the, is the feature that, that unlocks that for people. And now being able to support Q&A, well, you know, I'm still not a huge fan of Q&A yet. I see big things coming for Q&A. I mentioned on the last show that we did, I think that the ML and AI side of Power BI is just going to continue to get better. I think it still has a little bit of a ways to go, but for right now, it's pretty darn good stuff. Oh, it it, it sure is. And we're going to learn more about that at Ignite from what I understand. And, uh, it's an area I'm kind of jumping into with both feet as well. I've actually got a talk at Ignite on using, uh, it's, it's, it's oddly titled. It's all about social collaboration, but we're applying uh, machine learning techniques to uh, social networks, and that's going to be interesting. Very yeah. cool. We may have to link yours in the show notes there. as well. Yeah. Why so, not? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. let's jump back. Let's talk a little bit about reporting. And I, and I, and I made, made a little bit of a, of a joke about you know, dot plot layout support and scatter charts and everything. But, uh, you know, the reporting side of things is is always important when we get into the new desktop drop. What do you think of this particular feature, John? It's another option. It's one of those, uh, the more flexibility we have to any of our visualizations, uh, the better, frankly, because we're better able to express what uh, what aspects of the data we need, we need to know about. And we're 
getting more. Yeah, <laughs> it's evolutionary, but it's it's great to see. I do like this dot plotting. Is uh, one of the things that got people really excited back when Amir did the original demo of uh, of PowerView. It was still PowerView back then. With doing the uh, the, the that initial demo of of time, and and it was a bubble chart at that point. Yep. This gives us more controls that we have over those dot plotting or the bubble chart. So I'm 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 happy to see that actually coming into the into the product now. It's going to support categorized fields. So yeah. that's a good thing. So next one up is uh, copy uh, value and selection from a table and matrix. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a, a, a cool one, especially if you if you're well if you want to do further analysis. There's a lot of ways to get data from Power BI into yet another analysis tool should you need to do that. A lot of people love Excel and they don't, you know, know about connect with Excel or analyze in Excel. There's a great analyze in Excel feature in Power BI. You can just connect Excel and do what you want. But if you wanted to just grab the data you happen to be looking at on the screen, before when you copy the data, all you'd get is that raw data that's underneath the cell you uh, currently have selected and you could paste that in Excel. So now with this feature, you can uh, you can copy the entire table in a formatted way into Excel. So if it's formatted with currency, that's going to come across instead of just a raw number. So those who do a lot of that sort of work are going to be very happy about this. Yeah, I think that this is important for people who are not only looking at it from that side and want to do deeper analysis, but people who just want to be able to highlight the uh, just their piece of a report. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work with mm-hmm. a lot of salespeople and being able to go into Power BI and say, here's my numbers, here's here's what these things are, be able to take that, copy that out into a Teams message or into an email. Yeah, being mm-hmm. able to not only copy the, the value, but copy the selection, be able to highlight a selection inside of a table or matrix, and then be able to take that and express that without having to go retype and actually have it come out with a nice format. That's pretty huge for people. Making this yep. more consumable for the end user you know, in that way is going to be enormous. Yeah, not all of this is going to uh, be a big deal for everybody, but uh, for, for some audiences, any one of these can be huge. And that's that's a perfect example of that, I think. So, John, the next topic is one of your favorites, the built-in report theme option. It's near and dear to my heart. I'm going to, I'm going to keep agitating for a visual uh, theme editor. I, that's the feature I'd love to see. But in the meantime, what we do see in the desktop this month is standard themes or a set of standard themes are available for selection from a menu. Up until now, when you create a report in Power BI Desktop, you are using the standard theme. There is one standard, there has been one standard theme. It still remains to be the default, but if you wanted to change your theme, you're going to have to go off and edit it and import that and apply it to your report. Well, now there's a selection of, I think, around 10 curated themes that have been created that you can select from. So if you don't like the default or you don't think the default theme is uh, applicable for your purposes, you can now pick from a list of 10 other ones that someone's thought about and someone's you know, figured out the right combination of colors so they don't look stupid. It's not neon green against hot pink or something like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's a curated set without having to go out and uh, and build your own you know, JSON file. Yeah, I think this is great for a number of different reasons. Number one, it's the first step. Right. It's the first step towards actually being able to get in and have your set your own custom theme as the default, right? And be able to come in and and have that show up in the list and be able to have some controls around it. Now that we have this, this is that great first step. Second reason why I'm excited about the the fact that this happened is it was done by an intern. 
I think that's really cool that Microsoft's interns are, are stepping up. We've, we actually got to meet some folks while we were out at Redmond the last time who, you know, for, got to, they were doing really cool intern projects. This is really cool. Chelsea Iden, thank you for your work and uh, glad that you were on the team for this. That's really awesome. I really appreciate the fact that the team called her out as well. That's a nice, you know, feather in the cap for interns. Absolutely. The next one is, here is the report page tooltip generally available and card support. Yeah, so the, the tooltip feature has been out for, uh, or the, the report page tooltip feature has been something we've been using for a little while now. Uh, and it's, uh, I'd forgotten it was still in preview, quite <laughs> frankly. But uh, the fact that it's still in preview means, of course, you have to go into desktop and turn that on. And there might be some issues with it, although we haven't seen any issues with it, frankly. But uh, just for, you know, to catch everybody up, uh, report page tooltip, that feature, it, it allows you to use a page from your Power BI report as a tooltip. So when you hover over something, it pops up a little uh, uh, a little window that's got that page in it. That page is, you know, you have to format for the right size. It's small. There's only a few things you can put on it, but it's completely customizable. And that's the real power there. So it's a, it's a great feature. Now that it's generally available, it's also adopted the card support. The card visual was one that did not support report page tooltips, you know, like tables didn't uh, a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Now it does. Yeah. That's so uh, th- this has been a great feature. Uh, yeah, I was using a, a product this morning as I was trying to work on my Ignite schedule, the Tigraph uh, scheduler for Ignite uh, actually yeah. uses this when you go hover over. I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, I was able to, to see more about it. So this is this is nice. I haven't used the card side of it yet, but I definitely intend to because I use a lot of cards in, uh, in what I do for Rackspace. And the last piece here under reporting is accessibility improvements for analytics and format pane support. We're not going to dive into that in any way. Just uh, they, they've made some improvements for accessibility, which is always great. Screen reader stuff, etc. Yeah. yeah, and that, that's that's always always excellent. Yeah. So let's move on to the custom visual, which is always a fun one to talk about because there there are always some winners. And there are always some not-so-hot winners, but this time around, I think we have some good stuff coming in here, most specifically by one of our favorite vendors, uh, which yeah. you know, has never been a sponsor of the show. We need to talk to Mac Software at some point. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Maybe, because I think so. They, uh, they, they keep putting out great stuff. I don't know how, what their model, business model is, but they keep putting out really cool stuff. And you had highlighted this one in the show notes, John, as one that you were excited about. Yeah, the text enhancer. On the surface, it's uh, if you've worked with text in Power BI Desktop, it's not always the best experience, right? I'm not sure who has done the uh, HTML viewer, but if you've got HTML content, there is a viewer for that. I think it might be Mac Software, but it might not be, so I might be getting that wrong. But uh, there's an HTML viewer, so you can get full fidelity HTML on a page, and that's good, but it would not be nice to have that you know, in combination with other fields. Uh, how often have you had to have, you know, you want to put the label and then you want to have the results to the right of it so that that's sliceable. Mm-hmm. This allows you to mix and match static with dynamic text and format it in many, many different ways in a way that there really isn't a, a tool for now out of the box. So basically it's it's upping our flexibility for great looking reports at the end of the day. Yeah, very cool stuff. A couple of the other ones here, there's a new horizon chart, which allows you to over visually uh, partially overlapping lines in charts to show changes uh, in distribution over time. That's a nice one. The one that I'm kind of excited about is, as I mentioned, I do a lot of cards here mm-hmm. in Rackspace. The advanced card is really, it's kind of a cool looking new visual. I'm, I'm excited to see how that's going to work. Haven't had a chance to play with it yet, but 
good. I'm definitely going to go out to App Source and download that one. And there's a new multi KPI as well. Yeah, adding to the list of, of, of possible KPI options for Power BI. Uh, the multi KPI allows you to show it doesn't have to be, but essentially a, a master KPI and then some of the supporting KPIs. So if you had this gets toward scorecarding, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to do that. If, if you, I've got a master KPI and it's got a certain value set and you've used a, some kind of a measure to calculate that, you could also show the subcategories that make up that master KPI, all in the context of one, one vision. So it's pretty powerful. The example that uh, that's being showed looks great. It's got uh, support not just for colors and numbers, but it's got trend lines, uh, etc. Very cool. Uh, yeah, they did some custom visual API updates this month as well. Yep. You know, it looks like they've been working on this for a little while. There's you know a bunch of stuff under the hood there. The news there is if you've got old custom visuals that maybe a couple of years old, you may need to uh, have a look at what's going on here because apparently some of the stuff is being deprecated from back then so mm. so you might want to have a look at the, at the API changes yeah there's a dedicated blog post on that uh, under the custom mm-hmm. vi- custom visual API updates heading so as we move into the next area around data connectivity John you were very 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 excited about this one the PDF file connector yeah so it, the PDF file it's not something I have a lot of need for but I know a lot of people do the reason I know they they do is it's the number one asked for connector on user voice or has been the number one asked for connector on user voice. So that's available now for us in premium, or sorry, in premium, in preview. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. So what that lets you do is connect to a PDF file that has tables in it. Those tables will be extracted and become just data tables in in your data model. So for those people who who have been asking at it uh, or asking for it, your long arrived day is here. Yeah, I think this is uh, this is important for a lot of folks. If you're dealing in the manufacturing industry, you get a lot of uh, invoices, you get a lot of build of materials where things get published as PDF, and being able to go off and pull that data in and be able to do analytics against shipping manifests and things of that nature on the way out the door really important because you deal with shrink in a, in a certain way, you deal with defect automation in a certain way, but be able to, to go off and these things come in as hand signed documents a lot of times in shipping, in receiving of uh, of material into manufacturing, really important. We have a lot of manufacturing customers I think this is going to be important for, you know, being able to actually visualize that data and see trend over time analysis of how did things go out, you know, and be able to know when things actually shipped exactly going out of the dock and things like that. Very important stuff as well. So that's just one use case that I see that this will be very good for, you know, being able to use things like Power Apps and Flow and be able to scan documents and attach them in and attach them as PDF and then be able to do analytics against those as opposed to having to deal in office file formats, very useful stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you, you touch on something that uh, we're seeing more and more is convergence of all the different Power Platform tools. Flow and Power BI in particular are particularly uh, powerful combination, in my opinion. Yeah. So the next one here is uh, there's an SAP BW connector, support for measure properties. Uh, you know, not being SAP BW guys, uh, we'll, we'll leave that one as it is. But if you need measure properties in, in your SAP BW connector, today's your day. Yeah, how about that? The next one here, it's important to mention that this next one is in beta, so it is going to be one of those yeah. preview features that you have to go activate. Data flows connector. Yeah, in fact, it's there. That's great. 
there aren't many people who have access to data flows. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a feature that is not rolled out into the service yet, at least not in any any kind of a public way. Uh, it's still in private preview, and customers have to be enrolled in the program in order to That's access right. data flows. And John, you want to remind us what is a data flow? Yeah, so data flow is what we've called on the on the show before when it was first announced back uh, back a while uh, ago. Uh, there, it was referred to as the CDSA, Common Data Service for Analytics. That's been since renamed to data flows. A little bit of junk jumping out of the frying pan into the fire there, but uh, I'll leave that alone. They moved from naming it the same as the other CDSA and to decided, the same as another product. Yeah, yeah. that's the, the <laughs> one that they're using more and more these days. That, that's not confusing at all. No, not at all. If only there was another product named Flow. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so we've got that. We, uh, the, what they are are essentially adding two layers to the Power BI stack. We've got now the concept of having a data lake an ETL layer. So we're getting, with data flows, we're getting Power Query in the service, in the cloud. So in order to do transformations on your data, you won't necessarily have to use desktop. You'll be able to create entities in Power BI that people could consume with multiple reports uh, using Power Query. So Power Query won't just be in in the desktop anymore. Uh, and it's also giving a place to store that cache data. So you'll have it refreshed on a, on a scheduled basis. And you will have the option of using those data lakes with other applications, should you choose to do so. So you'll be able to connect to the data in there. So Power BI, you, you could conceivably see a day when you're using the Power BI service just for that, not even doing any reporting against it for just, for just moving data along. But if you do have data flows, you'll be able to now connect to them with our, uh, with the this version of the desktop. Yeah, very cool. As we uh, wrap into the last section here, there's only only two more things left, but I think this one is really important. The data preparation phase, the M IntelliSense. And M IntelliSense, <laughs> uh, you know, first of all, again, this is a preview feature. In order to see this, you must go turn on, the in the preview features, you must turn this on there and then restart the desktop. But not quite complete yet, and that's why it's in preview, uh, but it specifically calls out in order to access this feature, you have to go into the advanced editor, right, in order to, in order to access the IntelliSense. But John, we've, we've made fun of, uh, of M for a long time uh, and R because, man, go try and Google Bing for that. You know, yep. You're looking for syntax for M. That's really not something you're ever going to find. So this brings a really powerful tool into the hands of someone who's trying to work with this as a lazy writer of code. And especially when it comes to, uh, to being able to search for things, this makes life a lot easier. IntelliSense is that type ahead predictive helper inside of it started out in SQL Server data tools mm-hmm. for us. Uh, it's been around in Visual Studio for a really long time. Forever. So now that Visual Studio yeah. is, you know, it has has taken in the data tools side of things, it's it's a logical place there. But now we actually get this here as well in the advanced editor. And long term, this is going to come not only to the advanced editor, but it's also going to show up in the query, the query line up at the top as well. That's for the long term though, that is not today. So it's only only in advanced editor, but in the formula bar and in the custom dialogue, uh, custom column dialogue, it'll it'll show up long term. Yep, just because it bears saying. I don't know if you called it out early on there or not, but uh, M equals Power Query. Just to uh, one, to, to be one hundred percent clear. So yeah, it's IntelliSense 
for uh, Power Query. And we talked to Riza um, last time, um, and he's got some tools for uh, for properly formatting text. This gives us that as well now in the in the, in the editor. So Riza's tools, as he mentioned, you know, you can print, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is for editing and for typing ahead, but you also get nice color coding around variables, etc. So you're not just looking at a flat pane of text anymore. This definitely changes the game for those of you who are out there doing Power Query. The last one here is add column from examples. It's support for text padding. Yep. It's just some additional formatting options when you're when you're adding a new column. Basically, the, the, the adding column from examples, just a, a quick, re, quick recap of what it is. If you can't think of what your formula needs to be, but you need to transform your data and add a new column, this lets you type in the value you are expecting at the end of the day for several rows. And the AI behind this thing is smart enough to figure out, oh, he's trying to do this sort of a transform and write the query for you. So now if you want to add some space, uh, spaces in there, you're essentially going to be able to do that. So it's it's some further improvements on that feature. So the last piece here on the uh, on the desktop drop is a coming soon section. And taking a look at it, there are a couple of interesting comments that they make here. One is around they hope that that we're happy with the copy data from tables and matrix, but they have more copy features coming uh, here in the future that they're excited about. One of the top things on ideas.powerbi.com is the ability to copy visuals between PBIX files. This one would be huge. Oh, please. I'm excited for that. They're, oh, they're working on it right now, they say. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to seeing that come. Uh, there are also a number of office-like features that they have planned in coming months, and they're trying to make Power BI desktop your PowerPoint for data. Not sure how I feel yeah. about that statement, but hey. If you remember when we talked uh, to Will, that's something he, he brought by. He's, they're taking inspiration from PowerPoint. And there are a lot of things that you kind of would expect to work in the desktop because I'm used to, uh, well, me, because I'm used to working with PowerPoint that I kind of expect that aren't there. So the more of that they can bring in, that makes an awful lot of sense from an editing standpoint. Yes, I'm, I'm with you. My only concern is, is that I spend a lot of time in meetings and the death by PowerPoint statement, oh, yeah. there's no death by Power BI statement. Like we need to make sure that the two things are separated enough yeah. Yeah. So that people don't view it and go, oh well, you know, oh, you, had, you had another Power BI. Like the the value of Power BI is that is that the data is in your face and right. it's not. Well, let me tell you, thirty seven pages of a story before I get to the to the punchline of it. That's what PowerPoint tends to do. So, wouldn't it be nice if you had a visual in Power BI desktop and you started dragging it around on your on your canvas and you got those little guidelines that come up? They're smart about where they are in relation to other visuals. Yes, please. Wouldn't that be nice? That, that would be amazing. That's what we're talking about yeah. here. That's so sort of those kinds like of things would be really nice. So being able to bring the power of PowerPoint to Power BI as long as we keep the spirit of Power BI, you know, sacrosanct. So Absolutely. with that, I think that rounds out our desktop drop. Let's talk for just a minute because we, we both have hard stops here in just a little bit because the working world is calling. Let's talk about a couple of sessions to highlight at Ignite. Obviously, the first one is there's a sub keynote. It's uh, GS007, like the number. <laughs> Microsoft Power Apps, Power BI, and Flow, Power Platform Vision and Roadmap. Very important one. Make sure that if you are not a member of Tech Community, that you go out and register for Tech Community because you can watch this stuff live and then watch it on demand if you're not able to be there in person. We're looking That's forward right. to our, our, our podcast, which will happen just before this session, and then rushing over to be a part of this session. This is you know, Arun and Charles and Richard Riley and Keith Watling, and that's going to be the sub key 
keynote specifically around the area of Power BI and uh, the Power Platform, as they're calling it. John, you want to take the next one? Next one for me is uh, all about building enterprise-grade BI models for big data. And that's, again, with our friend Christian Wade and Josh Kaplan. And those are the two fellows that are uh, prominently responsible for the uh, enterprise-grade features in Power BI. So they're going to be talking about, obviously, this new aggregations feature that I'm so cranked up about, (laughs) but also some best practices about designing your data models to handle large amounts of data and some of the enterprise issues that you might run into around security and uh, just just throughput, uh, data currency and things like that. So that's going to be a very important session if you ask me. Yeah, and that was BRK3107. The next one uh, that I'm excited about is with our friends Adam Saxton and uh, Lukasz Pawlowski, which is Microsoft Power BI Enabling and Governing Self-Service Analytics. This one is one that came up yesterday at Rackspace talking about Power BI. I was talking with my buddy Bill Hall, who is responsible for the estate of Rackspace of IT. So this one's BRK3108. It's important to understand how do you govern these things? How do you manage self-service analytics because you know the things being you know, what's getting published what's going external what's what's staying internal who's who's doing what as we're getting to the point where we can print to pdf some of these things as well making sure that there's some governance wrapped around it i'm very excited to hear what adam and lukash have to say about that one absolutely absolutely and I, and just to round that out on the on the desktop side we've been talking about desktop uh all day today, both Amanda Kofsky and Will Thompson, who uh, will be presenting on that, and that's basically their responsibility. Amanda's the one who writes these uh, the the blog posts whenever we get a desktop drop, and goes into great detail and puts the videos together, etc., with all the examples. So we'll be talking about Power BI desktop and essentially how to work with it, how to use it from a storytelling standpoint, and I'm sure we're going to get a glimpse into some of the futures. Some of the coming soon stuff, I would imagine. That one is very exciting. The last one that we should highlight here is uh, BRK2099. It doesn't actually show up under the Power BI section, but this is no. your session, and it is Power BI as well. It's going to touch on. It's going to touch on Power BI a little bit. We're uh, we're talking. It's it's the session I'm doing with my colleague Dean. Um, and uh, we're talking about it, it's titled uh, Transforming nope. Your upgrading, Social Networks. Upgrading Your Social Communities yeah. to Knowledge-Based Communities. I really should know the title of my own talk. <laughs> I? It's essentially going to talk about how to, how to take advantage of machine learning technologies to start to pull some da- some structured data out of our unstructured data. So we've got you know social networks out there, uh, Twitter, Teams, Yammer, whatever that may be. And we're going to show examples of how to start to uh, start to use the knowledge that's that's stored within them for other purposes using machine learning. Very cool. For those of you who are interested in finding me, I'm actually talking about PowerShell at this uh, at this event. I will be doing a session on Tuesday at. Uh, 1.40 p.m. in theater, Expo Theater 1 called Introduction to PowerShell for the Anxious IT Pro. So excited to do that. Followed by, on Monday night, I'm taking part in the PowerShell community group up. I, it's not the meetup there. All the meetups are on Friday, but there's a community social happening. Jeff ah. Snover's coming by, uh, one of my PowerShell heroes. He's the godfather. So come have a beer. Come find me at that. And then you and I, John, along with Reza, are doing the Power BI meetup on Friday as yeah. well at 1045. Hopefully people will be able to join us. Make sure you go into the tech community, submit some questions. We posted our video out there. So very exciting stuff. And uh, 
there are lots of other sessions that are very exciting for, for Ignite. We're just going to keep it to these this time. Hopefully, you get an opportunity to watch some of these sessions, whether live or on demand. Remember, the, on the 25th, which is Tuesday, uh, if you're a part of tech community, you will be able to find these stream, you know, streaming in the tech community. All the recorded sessions should start to show up. So with that, John, time to get back to work, my friend, and I will see you in Orlando next week. You will, sir. You will. Have a good one. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal Podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal Podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons.